right. We got my slides up and the lights are doing their thing again. Excellent. Well, as Josh said, Pastor Josh, I am Carlos, one of the youth leaders here. Um, it's been a while since I've been up in front, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to, to share God's Word with you. This is something that's been on, on my heart for a little while. It's, uh, well, really, it's my entire walk with God. Um, I'm going to be summing up for you. And that's Jesus, my lifeline. So tonight, I'm going to take you through a little bit of a, um, what did I call it? a journey into my mind and how I visualize life and my work with Jesus. How have I got this working? On button. Yes. Okay. So, I like to think of life as rock climbing. So, we're stuck between two eternities, from the point that we're born to the point that we die. We're in that little bit in the middle, and life is just like a constant climb. You just feel like, doesn't matter what you're going through at any stage, you just you feel like you're having to, to work your way through it. Um, and just like this guy here, this... this this is what I used to feel like. I'll get to that. Uh, now, sometimes climbing a rock, I'm not sure how many people have done rock climbing. I've, I've done the indoor kind. Um, but when you're going up a rock, you go through a few stages. Sometimes it's really easy. Like your first foothold, you sort of just sit on the ground. You've got one foot on, uh, on the floor still. So it's, you know, it's pretty easy. Other times it gets really hard. So you might be like hanging off some almost horizontal cliff face or something like that. Um, or it might be really cruisy, like you've seen those people that have got like a tent that's hanging off a peg and they're just on the side of a mountain chilling out. So we go through all these different stages. And when I was younger, um, it didn't matter what, um, what advice I got from my parents or my family or my friends, every new experience or, you know, every relationship, every, um, I guess, new, new friend or a new emotion, everything was, was like uncharted territory. I didn't know how to deal with this. I didn't know how to deal with when I was super angry. I didn't know how to deal with, you know, a friend talking behind my back. Or I didn't know how to deal with, um, like for me, my parents are breaking up, breaking up. Everything was just, was new. It's sort of like when you're climbing a rock and you, no one's been up before you, so you have been trying to find the right pathway up there, find where you put all your uh, clips in the, in the mountain. You know, it's, it'd be a really tough thing to be that first guy up a cliff face that's never been charted. Like, how do you trust where you put your clip? And those little things you sort of jab in the rocks that's supposed to support you if you fall. How do you know when you, when you first start off which path to go? You, you might you know, start going up one direction only to realize halfway up the mountain that there's no more go from there. The only option is to go back and try and climb again. There's just so many scary things in life that you know, we're sort of just thrown in the middle of it and we don't know what's going on. Um, and, you know, for us, you know, applying that to life, it's sort of like, can I trust this relationship that I'm in? Just like when you're trying to put a, a clip into a rock, can I trust this foothold? Can I trust that this isn't going to pull out when I fall through? Can I trust that when I tell my friends, a, you know, a super secret or something like that, how do I trust that they're not going to go tell other people? How can I trust, even sometimes, how can I trust my parents with something that I'm going through? There's, there's a lot of things in life that, you know, I just, for me, I visualize like climbing a rock. Now, I feel, I feel a lot, um, as I said before, a lot like this guy climbing the mountain, only I didn't have any of the equipment that he'd had, he, he has now, so he's got all those fancy clips and white chalk and all that. I didn't have any, any understanding um, of what path to take. So, you know, you're just, you're just quite lost. You're not sure where to turn or where to go. Um, now, I'm, I'm hoping there's, there's a few just quick points from that that you can relate to just to get, um, get you started. So if there's anything in life where you can sort of maybe apply that to yourself, that's a really good starting point for where I'm about to go with this message.
Okay, so for me at least, I, I feel there's, there's five stages in life. The first one is the easy chill stage. Now, you may not enter these stages in the order that I'm going through them, but the, this is just, just the stages that come up. So this is the point where, you know, your friends are sweet. You're not really worrying about anything there. All your friends are pretty good. You've got the job that you want. If you've got a license, you've got your car that you've always wanted. Um, if you're into relationships, that's all working out. You're just in that cruisy stage where nothing's gone wrong. You don't have to put much effort into it. You know, just like this person here, they're just, just chilling on the side of the mountain. No stress. The next stage is utter confusion. This, <laughs> I spent a lot of time in this. So you're not, life's not necessarily bad or anything, but you're just like, you know, what am I doing here? What, what, is, what is my purpose in life? That's a huge one. But even just a matter of, you know, you're at school. You know, why am I at school? What am I learning this for? What am I doing this? Like, I'm going to work. Why am I doing this job? Like, there's just a state of, of utter confusion in life where you get to a certain point and you're just like, well, what? What now? So again, it's not that life's hard or anything at this point. It's just you don't really know what's going on or what to do. The next point is life starts to get a little bit hard. So this, this is where um, you, you're still plotting through. You're still climbing up your mountain. You're still, still getting by. Um, but things are starting to get a little bit tough now. You're starting to wear out. You're going, okay, you know, just, just one more ledge, maybe one more issue. And then after that, life's going to be smooth sailing. Now, this, this next one. This is where I spent a lot of time. This is where you're just hanging on by the tips of your fingers. So this is, this is you know, at the point in your life where it just, things just get thrown at you all the time. You know, for me, it was my parents were breaking up. You know, my dad was getting angry. Um, I had a lot of issues with, with what was happening with my grandparents. I was moving to another school. There was just all these things that just were hitting, hitting me all at once. You know, I'm, I'm still holding in there. I've, I've got my fingertips on it. But at this point, you're just crying out, you know, somebody help me. I need, I need help. I don't know where to turn. I'm just, I'm lost. I can't pull myself up on my own. It's at this point, you just want someone to just reach down and help pull you up. The next stage is the free fall. Now, luckily, I haven't spent too much time in this. Um, so I don't have a, a lot of experience. But this is the point where you just, you let go. Um, and it's not a very nice place to be. It's, it's at that point in your life where it's just everything's gotten too much. You don't, you seriously, you can't turn to your parents. You've got no friends you can trust. Issue after issue is hitting you. Um, and, and that's it. You're in the free fall. You're not sure who can help, what's going on. But thankfully, that's the problem. <laughs> now the solution, well, at least for a professional rock climber, what do they do before they start out? They spend years training before they climb up a rock face. You know, like life where we're sort of just plonked in the middle of a rock, you're given a heap of complex gear and, and have been, you know, told climb this. No, a rock climber, they have a solution. They have their equipment. And surprisingly, there's a lot of gear that you need to know. I was doing a bit of research for this message. Um, and there's just so many different types of clips and knots and ropes and um, different methods for climbing up are like different types of rock faces and things like that. It's, it's a really complex thing. Um, and when you're doing these climbs, this is super serious stuff. Like, your life is literally hanging there. This equipment is, is your lifeline. So before you go on a climb like that, what do you do? You check every clip. You make sure everything's set. You check all your ropes. You know, you, you basically know every thread on your rope before you put your life, uh, you know, in the hands of this equipment. And then for us, what have I got? Oh, yeah, this was, this was one of the real cool ones that I like. So a lot of my message is based around, I think they're called um, a camming clip. Basically, that's the thing you, you jab in between 
a rock, if you're climbing up and there's just a little gap in the rock, you, you shove these things in really deep and you clip your line to it. So say you climb up a few more steps, as in this guy at the start here. Um, as he's going up, I think I've even got a laser pointer, yeah, he puts these clips in the rock. So if he does make a slip, those things are supposed to hold on to him. So they are, <laughs> they are super important, those little clips there. And that you want to have a lot of trust and faith in. All right, now, cool. That's, that's how a rock climber um, solves his problem. Again, we could go into a lot more techniques and you know, training sessions that a, that a guy goes through for that. Um, but how does that apply to me with life? How does that apply to you? You know, what, what are the things that, that we need to do? What's the training that we need to go to for life? And like I was saying before, it's not like we go through this period of, you know, here's all the stuff that's ever going to happen to you in life. Here's all the gear you're going to be given. Here's all the training. You go through that and then you start life. No. What happens is we're plumped right in the middle of a mountain and given all this complex stuff and told, do life. And it's basically on the fly, you're having to figure out all this stuff. And it's, you know, it can be pretty confusing. It can be scary. Um, but like a rock climber, when he trusts in his gear, when he knows what's going on, when he's had that training, that climb is a freeing experience. Like, that would be the most sensational sort of thing to be able to, you know, hang off the edge of a rock and, you know, have something you can trust in. But what is that thing that we can trust in for us? Jesus. So, thankfully, we don't have to do a lot of this training because Jesus has been there before us. He's done a lot. He's already been up the hardest rock face of all, that is life. And he's planted in, he's put in all those clips for us. He's sitting at the top right now holding onto your rope. And I think that is the most freeing feeling, knowing that the hard work's done. You know, all we got to know is, is to clip ourselves onto Jesus' line. All the hard work's done. He's found that, that perfect line up the, up the rock face. He's put in all the clips that we need. He's, you know, he's tried and tested the, the line. We know that's not going to break. All right. And what about, um, what about the, the gear? So like I said before, with, with rock climbing, you've got to prep yourself. You've got to have gear. So life, we still need gear. Jesus has laid it out for us. So we've got basically all the trainings done for us. But what, what equipment has, has God given us to help us get through life? Well, the first one is His Word. This, this, is, this is a really big one. Now, I want to get into a little bit of example with, um, with this. And I went through, I, I made this up in kids' church this morning. I'm going to try and use it with you guys. Right, um, what is, Dylan, what's your favorite food? Chocolate. All right. We can relate. To, everyone can relate to chocolate. Okay. I want everyone to close your eyes right now. Imagine yourself in the most fancy restaurant in the world. You've got a whole table to yourself, you know, pure gold cutlery next to you. Waiters all lined up, ready to serve you. The smells in the air are just amazing. And then up steps one of the waiters, and in his hand is this dish of chocolate. The smell instantly hits you, and it's the, the most amazing aroma, you know, the, the, the best smell of chocolate you've ever had in your life, and he puts the dish down in front of you. Your mouth starts watering as you pick up your first piece of chocolate and you put it in your mouth. The chocolate just starts to melt and roll around your tongue. Just think of the experience, all the, all the thoughts and emotions and everything going through your mind right now as you just thoroughly enjoy this piece of chocolate. And what are you doing whilst, you know, whilst you're eating this chocolate? You're not on your phone. You're not talking to your friends. You're not 
you know, wandering your mind, and whilst you're giving this bit of chocolate your utmost attention, this is, you know, the most amazing piece of, of deliciousness in your mouth right now. And that, that is how you need to read God's Word. It's not just, not just opening up the book and plotting through a few sentences. It's not, you know, just reading our oh, paragraph and going, oh, that's it, I'm done. No, it's, it's sitting down with His Word and going, God, you know, reveal something new to me today. You need to chew on this stuff. You need to, you know, let this be your, your complete sensation and everything. Like that. And I know it's a lot easier said than done, for sure. You know, I think even as leaders, we go through times where, it's, where it is a struggle to read the book. So, it, you know, it is something you need to, to pay attention to and to really put a lot, lot of effort in. Um, and, and different verses mean different things to us as well. Like, you might read over something and it might change your life like that. Uh, the person next to you might read and go, okay, that's cool, and not mean as much to them. Or you might read a verse, you know, a hundred times over, then all of a sudden you get to a point in life where you read this verse and it just unlocks new doors for you. God's Word is a living Word, and it's just, at, you know, moments you just can't expect, it'll come out and hit you. Um, now, Scripture that guided me in one of my uh, darker times, and it still gui- guides me today. Uh, in fact, it was the very verse that my walk with God really started. So when I was, when I was a bit younger, there was a lot of a lot of dodgy things happening. My family was sort of falling apart. I was stuck between my mum and my dad, and I won't get into everything, but I, I, wasn't, I wasn't a very happy Carlos. I was quite sad. I was basically at the stage of maybe not quite freefall, but I was down on my last finger holding on to the edge of the cliff. And this, this verse came out. This is, I think I've read it before, but I always love to go back to this, and it's Philippians 4, 6-7. It says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds ev- anything we can understand. His peace will guide, guard, sorry, His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, again, to you, that verse might not mean a huge amount. I hope it does. But for me, at that particular time in my life, that just spoke to me. That I can't even put into words what it felt to read that verse at that time. And it was after you know earnestly praying to God and saying, God, I need something. You know, I need to hear your voice. Are you real? I need something. And, and that's what he gave me. And it just basically changed how I viewed life. Um, and for me, this was one of the first real tools that I had on my belt. I'd been, as I said before, I was been, I'd been hanging on by the tips of my fingers, almost at the point of freefall, and God showed me that. And it was just that, that um, you know, at the point where I was just about to let go of the rock that all of a sudden I had, I had a new foothold. You know, I, someone lifted me up and put me back on that cliff. Now, I've got a few other examples for us. Oops, that was supposed to be there. Um, that was the verse. Yeah, don't worry about anything. It said, pray about everything. I think that just unlocked so much for me. I love that verse. I'll also go back to some of the other slides where you're sort of just hanging out in the middle of nowhere. When you start equipping yourself with God's, with God's tools, you know, just stuff like this hits you out of the blue. I, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. The context behind that is even more amazing. Um, this is, where I think, where, um, where Moses is about. Oh, no, Isaiah. I think it's the next one. Deuteronomy. So, now, I think this one here is where, um, where uh, Moses is about to hand the Israelites over to Joseph. Uh, I th- be the next one. It is that one. Oh, yes. No, it is. Sorry, I got mixed up. So, this one here as well. So, um, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. 
for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Sorry, this is the one. So, you know, these, the Israelites have been in the, um, in the wilderness for like 40 years. Um, Moses was about to hand over um, the direction of it to, I think, to Joseph. And, you know, everyone's panicking. They're seeing this wonderful land, but there's all these, you know, enemies in there that will basically kill them at the drop of a hat if they're seen or anything like that. And, you know, God comes out with stuff like this. So then where do you put your trust? Those Israelites at that time would have been in a very similar spot of just hanging on by their hands. You know, they've been stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. They, their only option is to go back to slavery or walk into a path of armies that are trying to kill them. They're at that same point, just hanging on for their dear lives. And then God gives them stuff like that. And that's enough to rally an entire nation to go into their promised land. So never, never undervalue what you get out of the Bible. What's our next tool? Prayer. Jesus. <laughs> I think we've, we've seen in movies and TVs and at churches all different ways to pray. I, I especially love that one where sort of the little girl sitting by, on her bed and going, Dear Lord Jesus, saying her prayers before she goes to sleep. Uh, you know, there are so many ways to pray. There's no, no real formality with prayer. In fact, Jesus even says in the Bible, don't just recite things for the sake of reciting it. Don't, don't just go through the motions of prayer just for the sake of it. No, prayer is a personal connection, a, 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 you know, a two-way conversation that you have with Jesus. And if for you, it, you know, that is just sitting there in solitude and praying, that's awesome. That's real for you. Or if it's, you know, shouting out in the mountaintops, just, you know, screaming at Lord, uh, God and just saying how good he is. And that's, that's awesome. That's your connection. Or if it's just while you're sitting down on the computer and you're just having a chat to God, or, you know, you're having your morning co- oh, coffee. You guys are probably too young for coffee, but for me, it's coffee. You know, find that, that time to connect. That is your most valuable resource with the Bible. You know, pray and then give time for God to respond to you. Don't just lay a whole heap on him and then, you know, disappear for the day. When you pray, be earnest and sincere about what you're praying and then let God speak back to you. All right, that's my next one. Um. And I think, I mean, the, really, that's, that's my main point tonight is, is, for me, Jesus is my lifeline. Where do you put your trust? What, what equipment do you have that you rely on and, and what tools do you use? Um, and then it also comes back to how do you use those tools? So I think, for me, that there's two things that can throw us in our walk or climb with God. Um, and one of them is when, say, we're in a bad season of life. You know, there's a few dodgy things happening and yet, you know, we look at other people's in church um, or other Christian friends, and they're excelling and doing amazing things. For me, I used to have the opinion of, oh, you know, I'm a bit rubbish. God's not liking me too much, so you know, they're getting more blessings, and God just ignoring me. No, that's that's not how God works. So that that's you know, one thing to get out of your mind first is that we all go through different seasons. For a friend that you're looking at, they might just be in an awesome season of their life, um, but for all you know. <laughs> when they go home, it could be just as bad or as dodgy a situation as you're in. So don't don't get discouraged by other people excelling, especially, um, I know we've used this one before in youth, like if you bring someone new to youth and then they start moving up, they start, you know, really loving God, worshipping and, you know, they're getting out serving, things like that. Don't be dismayed by anything like that. God doesn't work with favoritism. He loves you all equally and the same. The only time I can really think of if someone's genuinely doing better in church, it's because they've given their life to God and they're trusting in Him versus someone who's just fighting the stream and not letting God work at all in his life. And then it comes down to, you know, you're doing that to yourself, not, not Jesus punishing you. Another one is, uh, and this is one that, that used to get me before I really understood it, but that's um, people who don't go to church and are doing amazing things. 
That's like when you watch um, like crazy free climbing uh, rock climbers where they're like scaling these seemingly impossible mountains with no equipment, no gear. It's like, um, oh, too far in. But that guy that was just standing on the edge of the cliff before, he had that tiny little ledge that he was on. That guy's, it, he's a mental climber. Like he got to the top of one of the hardest climbs in the world with no equipment, nothing. And he's just chilling up there like it's nothing. Now these people, they used to really confuse me. Like you'd, you'd look at um, people in high wealthy positions in banks and in, um, oh, I can't think of any other examples now, but you know, obviously ungodly people just really doing awesome stuff in life. And we're like, oh, what's, what's happening here? What, why is God not doing that for me? And all I can say is, going back to my first statement of, you know, we're stuck in the middle of, of two eternities. And those people not following God, they might climb the mountain really cool, but then they get to the top and that's it. For us, it doesn't end. You know, that little mountain that we're climbing right now, that's, that's just a short blimp in, in the scale of eternity. When we, when we get to that other end, you know, we've got all the glory of God uh, whilst they're stuck with their treasures that will just, you know, mothball and collect rust on earth. So don't, don't get discouraged by that in your walk, walk with God. Equip yourself with some pretty awesome tools, all right? Read your Bible. Make that your daily food. Pray. You know, this stuff, it seriously helps. It's like the endless cycle you get into. When you start falling away from church, right, you know, you, you start to think, oh, God, um, I don't know if I believe you or not. So what? You, start, you stop reading your Bible. You stop praying. What happens? You, you, you put yourself in, a, in you know, the wrong path away. And that, that, it doesn't make any sense. But if you get to that point of, I'm just not sure, like I'm lost, I'm confused, or if it's you're angry at God, whatever it might be, instead of taking steps the wrong way, start praying more, start reading your Bible more, and see what happens. Um, I think I've burnt through all my time. That's, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, so all up is when you're getting through life, we've, we've, we've got someone who's been there before us, who's done all the hard work. And that's God. He is the way. He is the truth and the life. So put your faith in Him. Use Him as your lifeline. You know, have faith that He's already laid the right path for us in life. He's put in all those anchor points for us. So when you get to a point where you're, you know, you're about to let go of life, just, just trust in Him that He'll catch you, that His pathway is good, and that His line is strong. So I thank you, youth, for that. I'll hand you back to, to Sam. Awesome. All right.